Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we continue our series on integrity. Last week, if you recall, we looked at your integrity index. We asked you to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in 15 different areas. Now, it is crucial that you don't confuse integrity with perfection in yourself or anyone else for that matter. No one scores 150 on the integrity index every day of their lives, just like no baseball player hits a home run every time he steps up to the plate. Integrity is a complicated process. It takes time to develop consistency in every area of your life. To be a person of integrity, you also have to develop other essential qualities of the Christian life, like holiness and wisdom, and this takes time. In another sense, however, integrity is a simple process. If you want to become a person of integrity, you start right now. All you need to do is to take your next step in integrity's direction, and eventually you'll get there. From last week, we remember where integrity begins. Psalm 112, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. Our text today is Psalm 119, verses 1 to 8. In drawing on it, we'll consider what they're saying to us today in regard to the journey toward integrity. And there are three things I want you to see today, three steps you need to take in order to move consistently in integrity's direction. Here's step number one. You need to understand there's only one foolproof way to develop integrity. You need to decide once and for all by what standard will you define your moral code. In other words, which rules will you live by? David tells us that the person who lives according to the law, not only are they blessed, but they consistently make good decisions. In verse 3 it says, they do nothing wrong. Maybe you've heard of the book, The Year of Biblical Living. It's by A.J. Jacobs. It's an interesting book. Its premise being that he would live according to the laws of the Bible for an entire year. This meant following all the ancient dietary laws. It meant not shaving his beard or mixing fabrics or eating pork or working on Saturday. It also meant following the hardest ones like forgiveness and mercy and compassion and generosity and honesty and fairness. The end result was that it was a pretty good year for Jacobs. His project inspired several other similar projects. The strangest one is uh, that Pastor Ryan Bell recently announced that in 2014 he would live as an atheist. Shortly before the New Year's he wrote, quote, For the next 12 months I'll live as if there is no God, I'll not pray, read the Bible for inspiration, refer to God as the cause of things, or hope that God might intervene and change my own or someone else's circumstances, end of quote. Not surprisingly, this led to his being fired from the two Christian schools where he taught. He is now, it appears, living off of donations from sympathetic atheists and other skeptics. Of course, this has stunt written all over it, and I suppose you'll get a book deal out of it eventually. But I can't help but wonder how it would be possible to pretend for a year that God doesn't exist. I can't imagine being able to go a year without praying or relying on God for help or enjoying his presence or without turning to the God's word for guidance. I don't know how it is for Pastor Bell, but the Bible gives me more than uh, just uh, inspiration. 
It gives me direction, defines what is right and what is wrong, what is important, what is not important. The Bible helps me shape the values of my life. I can't tell you the number of times that I've I've struggled with a problem or a big decision, unsure of how to proceed, when suddenly the words of Scripture, uh, either from memory or daily Bible reading, uh, that I, I suddenly knew the steps I needed to take to forgive a person or distance myself from a situation or listen to counsel or take a step towards reconciliation and on and on. That's why I encourage people to make Bible reading a daily priority. If you will spend time in the Word, you'll receive direction for decisions you make and the problems you face. Not only that, you will also receive correction. And I speak from experience. Before you can get too comfortably settled into a bad habit or a destructive pattern of behavior, the Bible will correct you, if you're willing to listen. The Bible will tell you you're being judgmental or intolerant or unfair or lazy or dishonest or selfish. See, the more time you spend in the Word, the more you understand yourself and the need to change. That's why Paul said in 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In Psalm 119, David talks about taking seriously the law of God, the commandments, the precepts, how we should obey them and walk according to his ways. And then he uses one phrase in verse 2 that is pivotal, pivotal to the whole process. He says, Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. That's what makes your time in the Word so powerful, that the whole time you are seeking God. Of course, different people read the Bible for different reasons. Some read the Bible looking for ways that they can get something from God, and that's all they see. Some read the Bible looking for confirmation that they're right and everybody else is wrong. Some read the Bible looking to support this ideology or that ideology or this political viewpoint or whatever. I mean, some read the Bible only so that they can argue doctrine with other Christians, but they're all missing the point. Do you know what needs to drive your time in the Word? It's the opportunity to encounter God. You not only learn about Him, you learn from Him. He daily gives you direction and correction. If you want to live a life of integrity, decide today that you will build your life on knowing God in His Word. Let me zero in on this just a little bit more. When I talk about seeking God, I mean specifically seeking to know Jesus, and then, in seeking to know Him, learning to follow Him. I know we've all heard horror stories about religious people behaving badly. Now, I'm not talking about the Crusades or the Spanish Inquisition. I'm talking about religious people right here in the United States of America. Sometimes you see organizations and churches and especially church leaders become completely disconnected from the message and the ethics behind the message of Jesus. We've all seen examples of religious people attacking anyone who disagrees with them. Uh, when you compare their actions and attitudes with the teachings of Jesus, you see a huge disconnect. Now, how does that disconnect occur? Well, it occurs when we stop spending time in the Word and stop seeking God and settle instead on just being religious. If you want integrity, like David said in Psalm 112, seek to encounter God in the pages of Scripture 
and be ready to do all that he tells you to do. Here's step two. To continue on the path of integrity, you need to be brutally honest with yourself. David says something in this psalm that I'd never quite noticed before in verses 5 and 6. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. You see, friends, when you spend time in the Word, God continually reveals things about you, your life, your attitudes, and your behavior. Things that need to be changed, and sometimes these revelations can be quite painful and shameful. When the Holy Spirit shines His light into the darkest parts of our existence and speaks to us about our behavior, our thoughts, and our motives, and He shows us how the things we do hurt other people and how they hurt us and they offend a holy God, when these sins are brought to our attention, it hurts. And we often find ourselves saying, I am put to shame when I consider God's commands and my failures to meet. I am put to shame when I remember how hatefully I spoke to my spouse, or I am put to shame when I remember how disgracefully I behaved. I am put to shame when I remember how I treated this or that person. Seeking God through scripture can be a pain-provoking experience because it causes you to see things in yourself that you don't like. Many people respond to this in different ways. Some never bother to look in the first place. They don't ask the Holy Spirit to examine their heart. They don't examine their own heart. They just live what Socrates called the unexamined life. They just do whatever happens to be most convenient and least painful in the moment. Others place blame on everyone else for everything they do wrong. They say, it can't possibly be that I need to control my temper. You just need to stop making me angry all the time. Others might admit wrongdoing, but they're quick to justify it, saying, maybe I fudge a little bit on my expense account, but everyone does. Besides, look what they pay me. Some people don't bother justifying their behavior. They just run. They understand the moral code of Scripture, and when they can't easily live up to it, they just give up and quit. And some give up Christianity altogether. Others just give up ever hoping to be holy. They think, I, I guess I'll always be disorganized. I guess I'll always be lazy. I guess I'll always be a disappointment to other people. Each of these strategies will prevent you from becoming a person of integrity. You can't become good until you allow God to deal with those parts of you that are bad. You can't become all that God made you to be until you're willing to take a brutally honest look at who you are right now. That's why I challenged you to take that integrity quiz last week. And you know something, even as I took the quiz, I was forced to confront areas in which I'm scoring way, way, way too low. When that happens, you can say, well, that's not my fault, or it's not that big of a deal, or what's the use of even trying? Or you can deal with it God's way. And what is God's way? Now, First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all of our sins and purify us from all of our unrighteousness. It is impossible to go to the Word day after day and not feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And let's be honest, friends. Change doesn't always come easy. We, we get up we fall down, we get up, we fall down, <clears throat> we get up, we fall down. <clears throat> it seems to be like a never-ending cycle. And every time we confess our sins, we can be sure 
that but every time we confess our sins we can be sure that God is faithful to forgive now why is that it's because Jesus came into this world to die for on the cross for your sins through him you are forgiven but that's not all through him you have the power to become a better person a holy person a person of integrity here's step three the journey to integrity is a never-ending process verse 7 of our text says I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws now when David says learn he's not talking about learning as in learning the multiplication tables he's saying learn as in learning how to do it learning how to walk consistently in God's ways each and every day of his life or your life and I love what David says next in verse 8 he says I will obey your decrees do not utterly forsake me it's like he's saying Lord this may take a little longer than I originally projected I'm worse than I originally thought so please don't give up on me and what does God say in response to that well Hebrews 13 5 says never will I leave you never will I forsake you God understands more than any of us that the journey to integrity is just that it's a journey we were sinful and selfish and rebellious toward God and we turned to him in repentance and he forgave us of our sins and he saved us and then he puts us on the path to becoming like his son Jesus the Christ that's his goal that we become like Jesus and we need to remember that being conformed to his image is not a quick walk around the block it's a lifelong process it's a lifelong journey there will be times of frustration times of disappointment times when you don't understand your actions times when you don't understand why God doesn't just change you all at once there will be times when you say God I'm still learning please don't give up on me but friends remember he never will so don't give up on yourself instead as Hebrews 10:22 says let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water pure water or Hebrews 4:16. let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need I want you to imagine for a moment that you're in Miami and you want to go to Seattle that's a long journey if you walk 10 hours a day it would take you about four months to get there I mean Miami to Seattle that's a long long journey but it begins with just a single step that's how it is with integrity in regard to integrity we often grade people pass or fail either they got it or they don't but I've never met anybody who really completely got it in fact I have known uh, everyone I've known who is smug and satisfied with their own integrity index are usually smug and satisfied because they're not grading themselves in all areas when it comes to integrity it's a process you may feel like you have a long way to go but taking that first step by deciding that you will embark on this journey you make possible your arrival at the final destination how do we get there we travel the integrity highway every day seek God through the pages of Scripture so that he can reveal to you what needs to be changed about you every day do this with an attitude of surrender 
to the Lordship of Jesus the Christ. Every day do this, even when it hurts, even when it's hard, and even when you're discouraged. Every day seek God through his word so that he can teach you how to walk in his ways. Every day seek God so that you can say with David, I'll praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. May God grant this to all of us. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, feel the passion.